0: welcome to the sermon cast from king road church it's our desire that god uses this message to bring you closer to him if you'd like to pray with someone speak with one of our pastors or if you're looking for more resources please go to kingroad.ca scroll down on the homepage, and fill out the reach out fillable. thanks for joining us enjoy the message Imran, if you'd like to come up. Uh, Imran, as um, many of you probably watched a few weeks ago, we had him on a couple, or maybe a couple months ago now, was it? Yes. Yeah, and um, you're working for an agency in Burnaby right now, right? Uh, yes, an uh, agency called Journey Home. They work with the refugees. Right, okay. Yeah, so I go to Burnaby few times a week and work from home for a few days so great while working on the masters as well so oh great all right well thanks for coming this morning god bless you as you share thank you paul well good morning king road um it it is a bit bit strange just uh looking at the camera and looking the six people here uh i'm not (laughs) this is my first time doing this but let's pray and ask god to uh direct our time together Father, we thank you that we can uh, come and worship. And we ask that as we hear from your word, would you speak to me, speak to us? We ask that your spirit will open our hearts, our eyes, our ears, to be receptive to what you have to say to us. So would you accomplish your purpose this morning, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, most of you probably know a name, um, a guy named Nabil Qureshi. Uh, he's known uh, for his book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Um, a r- really good book, a lot of people probably are familiar with that. Um, Nabil was born in a Muslim home, uh, into a Muslim family, uh, and according to Nabil, he said that his family was very devout. They, 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 were, they were the people who would pray five times a day and then they would do all sort of things that Islam would require them to do. And he said, he, he, he basically followed in the footsteps of his parents. That he started doing this, he's, he's seeking Allah, he's searching Allah because he wants to, to draw near to him. But then when he's in university, he said, his roommate, who was basically a Christian, and all of a sudden he said, one, one evening he basically opened his Bible and started reading it. And Nabi said, he said, I thought to myself, like what kind of guy is he? Or who reads a Bible as a, a book like when you uh, know that like a f- ton of other books to read? But this guy picks up a Bible, so he asked him questions, and he's like, he answered my question, and then that the whole thing started an inquiry in Nabil's life, that he said when he went um, uh, to his, basically, uh, house, or whenever he found a spare time, he would open the Bible, and he started to seek and search and inquire about who this Christ, this, his friend uh, who he's reading about, he's talking about. So he basically said that my whole thing started with this inquiry. And a lot of you probably watching at home probably have inquiry like Nabil as well. And that's what we see in our text here this morning too. Our text this morning is Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. Uh, there, there, were, there are three things we're going to look at. Basically three words, easy to follow, um, and we'll work our way through our text. Number one, inquiry. Number two, discovery. And third is response. So inquiry, discovery, and response. Just maybe a couple of days ago, up until Christmas, we, we, we sing uh, this famous carol, We three kings of Orient are. But when you read this, our uh, text, it says in verse one, "After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem." So you notice here, they're magi. They, they're not kings. A magi. So, so imagine maybe you replace the word kings for magis, we three magi. Are from Orient? I think the word Magi will fit better in there. But they're not kings. And on top of that, they, they were not three. We don't know how many they were. Well, what you may ask, like, what? Well, there were three gifts. So there, there were three kings or Magi, so three people. Well, no. I mean, m- most of you probably got three gifts from one person this Christmas. I mean, I got three gifts from my wife. They were practical. It doesn't mean they are three of her. It's just one person. But on the other hand, from a large group of people, only three people brought the gifts. And that's what we see here. The the point I'm making, we don't know how how many there were. But it's funny because for some people it's very important. They get stuck with these little details. And I think it's okay to get stuck with details like that. But sometimes I think God only gives us what we need to know because that's what we have in our text we only have what we have so we what we do we move on but then the question remains who are these men what they call magi's the magicians some call them astrologers people who study the stars or wise men who are not from the Israel but from the east, perhaps from Babylon, uh, one of the commentators writes, he said, since a large group of Jews remained in the east after the exile, especially in Babylon in Arabia, these magi[s] apparently had been exposed to the Jewish faith. So they knew what was going on. If they were astrologers, they knew the movement of the stars. But they're not of the Jewish faith, they're pagans. So moving on, we notice uh, here in verse 2, their inquiry or their question about the newborn king, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Now these men who are from Gentiles, tribes, unclean according to the Old Testament ceremonial law, They're the one asking about the long-awaited Messiah. I mean, these are the smartest people. They're educated guys. They're the one. So from their inquiry, it seems that they were sincere individuals who were trying to find the answer. And, And I'm sure many of you watching at home, trying to figure yourself out, maybe you're trying to figure life out, trying to figure Christmas out or or your purpose on this earth why am I even here and that's what these men are trying to figure out too so you're not alone you're in a good company I would say these men are not fooling around they were seriously looking for the newborn king think about how long or how far they have traveled It is said that if they're from the east, coming to Jerusalem, it probably took them about 900 kilometers. On camels, how fast do the camels go? A number of years ago, I was in Egypt uh, with my wife, and I... I rode a camel, and it's not a fun ride. (laughs) I was like, after maybe four or five minutes, I told the guy, like, can you take me off? It's just way too high on top of that. It's bumpy. It's not comfortable. But they go slow. Like, I mean, you you might want to fall asleep, but you can't because it's so bumpy. But these guys travel 900 kilometers. I mean, imagine the conversation uh, that they have with their wives. But when they told them, hey, hey we're going um, away uh, on a business trip for a number of months. <laughs> and the wise would be, excuse me? What kind of business trip is that? Well, well we're following the star that we saw. I remember a few friends and myself we were trying to basically, um, st- we were studying. So uh, we saw the star. It, I think it's leading us to Jerusalem. So we're going to go. And I mean, you can fill in the blanks, the response of the wise. I don't need to say anything. I mean, you're going for a few months. But the question is, they're serious. Are you serious about your questions, about your inquiry? Listen to Jeremiah 29, verse 13 and 14. It says, when you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. These guys, these magi, were serious. They were seriously searching, inquiring about this newborn king. So are you searching this morning? This is very interesting. The news of these magis went to the king Herod. Now, now imagine the reaction of Herod. It says he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. But you wonder why. Why was he troubled? Why even the people All the city was troubled? Why, I, I, I think the answer is insecurity. Herod was insecure and afraid that who is this newborn king of the Jews who's going to come and replace me? J- j- just think about it this way. Imagine you're the CEO of a company. And you, all of a sudden, hear rumors that there's someone else who's going to come and replace you while you're still on your post or on your job. How would you feel? You probably would feel insecure too. I think you won't rest until you find out what went wrong, why this new guy is coming to replace me. I mean, King Road is a soccer uh, church, I I think, and I watch um, soccer, so uh, one of the teams I'm following, the current coach basically uh, is not doing very well, the team's not doing very well, and one of the former players of that team, there's a talk that he's going to come and replace this guy. So imagine, the current coach of the team, what is going through his mind? Fear? Insecurity? Like, this guy is going to come and going to replace me any time. And the guy had, has even no experience. He's way younger. So we're talking about King Herod and two-years-old Jesus, probably? That, that's what we have here. So anyway, Uh, Herod is troubled and he wants to find out about this newborn king. So so he too inquires. He calls the Magis. And on top of that, he calls uh, the chief priests and teachers of the law who knew all about the Messiah. And he asked them where he will be born. And these teachers of the law who knows about the Bible, knows about all of this, they are quoting Micah 5.2. It says, but you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from the old, from ancient times. I mean, it's been foretold, it's been prophesied that he will be born in Bethlehem. But the chief priests and the teachers of the law pay no attention to this newborn king. Knowing the long-awaited Messiah, the king, is born, and yet they don't care. So what does Herod do? He sent the Magi to Bethlehem to search for the child so that I may too go and worship him. I mean, he's not going to worship him because Herod is so insecure He's so afraid that he, the moment he hears this, he's thinking all sort of things in his head. I mean, if you read the next three verses, you, you, you'll see, uh, it, it says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Herod is not happy. Just like you might be thinking, as a CEO, I am going to be replaced. What are you thinking? You, not, you may not be as grumpy or as crazy as Herod, but, but these things are coming into your head. Thus, Herod had no intention of worshipping Jesus, but Magi's did. So this whole inquiry leads them to their discovery, which is my next point. So the magi arrived in Jerusalem, and they started to inquire about this newborn king and what they discovered. Two things. First, they discovered they're at the wrong place. I mean, imagine they travel from east, come all the way to Jerusalem, and, and they go to a place where king is ruling, knowing that at the palace the king will be born. So they discover no, he's not in the palace. He's not born in the palace. Number two discovered, they discovered the chief priests and teachers of the law who are supposed to give them the answer. They don't care. They have no desire. Even they know that Jesus is born in Bethlehem, which is about nine kilometers from Jerusalem. They didn't want to travel nine more kilometers. But magis do. They're like, yeah, whatever. I don't need to go worship him. They ignore him. I I, I think there are a lot of us, or maybe we once were, I once was, We probably think, I know all about God, I know the knowledge, I have the understanding. Maybe a lot of you watching at home, you're like, I have the understanding, I have the knowledge, I'm a religious in every aspect, but I have no desire to worship Him, I have no desire to come to Him. But these magi who are pagan, they come and they travel nine more kilometers. I mean, they already traveled 900 kilometers, so nine more kilometers is nothing for them. They're like, okay, let's just go to, go to Bethlehem. Nine more kilometers on camel, right? And they do that. I, I, I think we, we live in a culture where we think we, we, we know a lot about God. But there's no desire to worship him. J.I. Packer, one of his best-known book, called Knowing God. I, I think in somewhere in, in those lines. Number of years I, I read that book, and this line stuck to me. Uh, it, it says, "It is one thing to know God; it is another to be known by God." I can know all about God, but am I known by God? I can have all the knowledge, all the understanding but does he know me maybe not because my inquiry my questions my search or my trying to figure out things holding me back these guys knew God and they didn't care but the Magi's who were pagan not of the faith they go and when they arrive What's the response, which is my next point? Verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now mom and dad, but him. I mean, two years old, a young child is being worshipped. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and more. Nations are coming to worship baby Jesus who's going to rule who's the king that the Jews been waiting for a long time so he's the long-awaited Messiah come the long-expected Jesus we sang he's the one he has come where is he they ask we we saw the star when it rose And that is, by the way, prophecy being fulfilled from Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 6. I'm going to read it quickly here. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. "'Lift up your eyes and look about you. "'All assemble and come to you. "'Your sons come from afar, "'and your daughters are carried on the hip. "'Then you will look and be radiant. "'Your hearts will throb and swell with joy. "'The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. "'To you the riches of the nations will come. "'Herds of camels will cover, Your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. There's no surprise here that the nations are coming to worship King Jesus. John Piper uh, said that. Matthew portrays Jesus as, at the beginning, at the ending of his gospel, as a universal Messiah for all the nations, not for the Jews. I mean, think about when you read the gospel of Matthew, it starts with that the nations are coming to worship Jesus. And what does Matthew ends with? Matthew 28, the Great Commission. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In other words, nations are part of God's plan, not just the Jews. You cannot say only the Mennonites are part of God's plan. No, all the nations that are in Abbotsford, they are part of God's plan. And what do we see in Great Commissions? It says, go and teach. I mean, how awesome it will be that the, the nations that we have in Abbasford start to bow down before King Jesus and worship Him. But there's work for you and I to do. Is We have to go. We have to teach. We have to preach. That, that's what Matthew is showing here. He's like, yes, nations are coming. And then there are those who knew Him they're rejecting. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. So maybe maybe you know him and you're like, ah, I don't need Jesus. What's the point? It's okay to have all these questions. I I, th- I think maybe we can learn from this text that the, the nations are teaching us something. They didn't have all the answers. They didn't know that. You you, you know the story of Lee Strobel, who's known for his movie or the book, Case for Christ. If you haven't read or watched the movie, watch it. It's it's really, really good. Um, His inquiry to disprove the Christian faith of his wife led him to believe in Jesus. He spent hours searching, inquiring, putting pieces together. And ultimately, he's like, I, I give up. I think we have all the answers we need to know. God will only give you the answers what you need to know. He's not going to give you more than what we can handle. So we read the least troubles. Got on his knees and worship Jesus. J. C. Ryle is an Anglican Bishop in his commentary writes about these Magi's and uh, he he said the Magi saw no miracles to convince them. They saw nothing but a newborn infant on the lap of a poor woman but they worshiped him. There's no greater faith than this in the whole Bible. They didn't need signs, they didn't need miracles just simply follow the stars and off they go. And when they discovered They bowed before him. They worshipped him. Listen, if the wise or the smartest of the nations can come and bow before King Jesus, who are we then? These guys are smart men. I, I think if you come to him, Christ can handle all your objections, all your questions. He's the only one who can satisfy your quest to know. So come to Him. I'm going to end with this, uh, with, with this song that I just heard um, recently. The lyrics are just so uh, encouraging and so true. It goes like, Oh, come, all you unfaithful. Come, weak and unstable. Come, know you're not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. O come, bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come, taste of his perfect love. O come, guilty and hiding ones, there is no need to run, see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. He's the lamb who who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. Let me pray for us. Father, we come before you and we acknowledge that we all have questions. We all are searching in one way or the other. And yet, we are not satisfied. Maybe because we're seeking a wrong place. So we ask that would you speak to us this morning. Those who are watching at home, would you speak to them? Help us to come to you, knowing that you came for us. You left your throne, and you came on this earth, became man, so that we can come to you and worship you. So help us to love you and to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.